Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of the Believe in U.S. 70 podcast. I'll once again be your host, Chase Duccio. And this week, I'd like to focus more on the positives of what we got going on in U.S. soccer. So what I've done is I've highlighted about 10 players um, who had an impact on their club this weekend, whether that be a goal, an assist, uh, a clean sheet, or any positive impact for their team. And I'd like to discuss that this week rather than looking at some of the negative things that are surrounding the Federation. The cool thing about setting up the podcast like that, um, and especially the players who performed this week, is that a lot of them didn't have a say in the September camp, um, and this gives us a lot of reason to look forward to October, as we know the squad's going to be a little different, uh, not only due to injuries, but just on a a month-by-month basis, a lot of these players are going to be performing better, and it's important that Greg calls in informed players. So I'll start with the number nines, and then I'll go backwards from there, um, all the way back to the defenders. So a lot of people who listen to this podcast, I'd imagine most people will know that obviously P-Fox scored the winner against Manchester United in the Champions League this week. Uh, it's the latest goal ever scored by an American in the Champions League, and he didn't start the game. Uh, so young boys were at home against Manchester United to, to kick off their Champions League campaign, and United went down to 10 men. Um, they had to defend with 10 men for about 60 minutes. Uh, and while PFAC didn't start, he came on the field and was pretty impactful in the second half. Uh, young boys pinned back Manchester United. United really couldn't get out of their half for the final 30 minutes. Um, PFAC had a chance to give his team the lead after they equalized. Um, they made it 1-1, and then PFAC had a chance when she, he slid just wide. Uh, but he didn't make a mistake in stoppage time. Uh, Jesse Lingard gifted him a through ball back. Um, he tried to make a back pass to De Gea. Intercepted by Pifak, who anticipated it well, and then one-on-one with De Gea, coolly slotted it past him. Obviously, since the September camp, all the talk has been about Pepe, but I think it's important to not forget Pifak especially. Uh, and also Sargent, who had probably the best 45 minutes I've seen from him in a non-two-Bundesliga game, uh, maybe since he arrived in Bremen. Norwich played Watford this weekend. Uh, they, they went home with a 3-1 loss, but... At least on the sergeant front, it looked really good. He combined well with Puki. Um, they have a, an interesting relationship where um, they'll kind of interchange on, on the right and central. Sergeant found himself central more than I thought he would when I saw the lineup came out. I assumed when Puki was be playing, he would be central more often than not. But um, to my surprise, Sargent found himself central quite a bit. Um, his runs and his positioning, he really makes himself uh, a dangerous man to mark because... He finds himself in dangerous positions a lot, and at Bremen we saw that he didn't get the ball, he didn't get the chances, and a lot of fans are are pretty down on him for that. And even at USMNT level, right, he's not scoring. So um, it's a fair criticism that he's not putting the ball in the net, but if you watch him play, he's getting in dangerous positions, and I think it's a matter of time before he starts scoring in the Prem. Of course, with the emergence of Ricardo Pepe, it's a little bit different. 
Um, but I think as soon as Sargent starts putting the ball in the net, he he really puts a distance between himself and the next best striker. Um, and if he can do that in the coming weeks, I do think he, he deserves that number nine over Pepe. I know Pepe um, is hot and he's scoring goals, and obviously he had a really good performance in his, his debut for the USMNT. But um, off the ball, or excuse me, outside of scoring goals, Sargent does pretty much everything better than Pepe. Right now, listen, Pepe's 18 years old. Um, so he's just got to grow into his game. Sargent was at this phase in his career, and he's grown out of that. Obviously, he's still a young player, but... He's not 18. Uh, he's grown into his body. He's a strong player. He can hold the ball up well. Um, and when he drops into midfield, which is important for this USMNT team, um, Sargent is stronger on the ball than Pepe right now. So I think he does everything better than Pepe except for score goals right now. And the way Sargent's playing, I do expect the ball to end up in the back of the net for him. Hopefully he can bring that to international level. And if he does, uh, I think he locks up that number nine spot for, for a few months at least. And since we're talking about that, we may as well talk about the week that Pepe had. So since we we last spoke, he played two games. He played NYCFC midweek, and then he played the Houston Dynamo um, in a big game for them. So he was pretty ineffective against the Dynamo um, as they lost 3-2, FC Dallas did. Um, but against NYCFC, he was a constant threat. Uh, he didn't score on the day, but he had a really nice assist to Jesus Freire. He picked the ball up in midfield. He noticed that um, the center back was out of position. I believe it was actually James Sands on the play. And he slid in Jesus Ferreira, who I'm sure many listeners will be familiar with, um, who, who slotted a coolie. But I think the important thing when analyzing both those games together is that, um, and as I was just saying, a, a lot of what Sargent does well, um, Ricardo Pepe's going to struggle with as an 18-year-old is, even though Pepe's in form, or was in form maybe a couple more weeks ago than he is now, um, He's going to have games like he did against the Houston Dynamo where he's a little more ineffective, and that's just what you have to expect with an 18-year-old. Um, this is his first season getting the amount of minutes he's getting, and I think it's it should be expected for him to have these down games, whereas I think with someone like Sargent um, or PFOC even, someone like that, he's less likely to have a, a game where he's totally out of it, um, but that just comes with time. I think raw talent, I think we know Pepe um, in terms of nine is, is pretty clear of everybody in the pool currently that has a cap. Um, I think it's him and Sargent, but I think at 18 years old, you have to expect a player like him to have those games. And unfortunately, in World Cup qualifying, um, that's going to cost you. You know, you only have 14 games. So if you have a player that's putting in a bad performance in a vital position, it's, it's pretty deadly to the team. All right, drifting away from more opinionated things about um you know the emergence of Pepe and how maybe he's not totally ready to to be US17's number nine I'd like to take a look at some other forwards um Matthew Hoppy and Joaquini especially they both moved to new clubs um Hoppy made his Mallorca debut this week he got 30 minutes he actually looked really strong um I, I think the most important thing on this occasion is that he didn't look off the level it was a strong 30 minutes uh, against Villarreal and he didn't look out of place um, and in a La Liga debut in a league that technical I think that's really important uh, he actually scored a goal in the 83rd minute but it was ruled offside he did drift offside um, he, he raised his arm waiting for the cross and the center back stepped up um, to, to knock him offside but it was a nice first time finish and that's what we've come to expect from Hoppy if you've watched his Schalke highlights obviously he's confident on the ball he'll drift wide and he'll try and beat a man 
Um, and obviously with the USMNT at the Gold Cup, he was he started wide. But as a striker, he likes to drift wide. But when he gets in front of goal, he's confident. And he's ready to put the ball in the back of the net on any occasion. And on that first touch finish, um, ball came in from the right side. Keeper was shifting to his right. Um, and then um, Copy put it back across goal, which would have given them the win. But like I said, drifted offside. Didn't see the center back stepping up, but nonetheless, it was an impressive 30 minutes. It was a good debut, and hopefully he can start getting some starts for the club or at least be picking up more than 30 minutes every week because he looked good. And I think um, if Greg can use him as both a winger and a number nine, I think he's definitely someone we're going to be seeing in World Cup qualifiers. And then for Joe Akini, he definitely did not um, get as many minutes as Hoppy. Here I am saying I'd like to get Hoppy more minutes. Joe Keeney came on in the 84th minute. Um, last week he got more minutes than that uh, off the bench for Montpellier. Obviously the club he moved to in Liga. Um, but yeah, Montpellier were down to 10 men. <clears throat> they picked up a red in about the 75th minute, something like that. Shortly after that, Joe Keeney was trusted to come on, help the team you know, in search of a goal, 1-0 down. And he picked up an assist in the 87th minute. He found himself wide on the left wing. Uh, and he saw his he saw a midfielder joining the box. He picked him out with a nice pass, and then it was confidently finished. But yeah, down to ten men. Joe Keeney was trusted to come on as Montpellier was searching for a goal, searching for a point. Um, and three minutes after coming on, he got an assist. So, like I said with Hoppy, hopefully he can pick up more minutes. Last week I actually mentioned um, I think that right now Joe Keeney's probably on the outside looking in, maybe even in an expanded roster because players like Hoppy weren't in the last camp and. And Way was forced out through injury, and I think they're probably both ahead of Joe Keeney um, as a nine or a winger. But either way, I think if he keeps playing like this in Liga, he makes himself, um, with all these injuries, and like I said, with these extended rosters, um, he makes himself somebody that Greg's going to have to look at, uh, which is the most important thing you can be doing as a player that's, like I said, on the outside looking in. Brendan Aronson played another 90 minutes for Salzburg. Um, and he picked up a goal yet again for Salzburg. He, he seems like so often he's picking up a goal and an assist since he moved to Europe. He's really increased his production. And last week I said he was, when I was going through the winger profiles, I said he was really strong in transition. And then this week in the 90th minute, up a goal, um, trying to seal the three points after defending a corner. Uh, Salzburg go the other way. They spread the length of the pitch. And as I said, in transition, Aronson is deadly. And even though it was just a tap in, he gets himself in position after playing 90 minutes and having to run the length of the pitch. Um, and he seals a 2-0 win for Salzburg. Now shifting away from, from forwards and wingers, I'd like to look at Eunice Musa, who obviously wasn't in the September camp out due to injury. Um, but he's been picking up just a few minutes each week for Valencia. And this week, Soler went down in the 15th minute. So Musa was trusted to come on. He got 75 minutes. Um, against Real Madrid and it's important to see him get that many minutes because it shows that a he's uh, if the manager sees him as a player who might be starting or in his strongest 11 then we know he's close to being able to go 90 minutes or at least start in the game so I think that's important to see I think it's important to see even if he's not maybe in that best 11 for Valencia right now um, Greg knows that he can at least be going 75 minutes which is important after recovering from that injury but he looked good. He often found himself on the right. Uh, I expected him to be more central throughout the, the, the 75 minutes he played, but he was on the right a lot. And I think it's important to talk about 
how often he goes on this mazy runs through the defense. Um, now, like I said, he found himself on the right a lot, and for the USMNT, he's more likely to find himself central. At least I'd imagine Greg would, would maybe use him next to Weston. Um, but yeah, he's so confident on the, on the ball, and he, he likes to dribble past players, and I think um, West has some of those qualities too central, right? West likes to get on the ball. We've seen that, especially for the USMNT, more so than we've seen it at Juventus. But West likes to get on the ball, and he likes to beat a man, right, maybe before playing wide or finding a nine. But um, Musa does it differently. Musa's way more confident. Um, and in that game against Honduras that West played, obviously he didn't play in those those second two games because he got suspended and then sent home. But West looked not like that player. West didn't look like he wanted to be on the ball. Or at least when he got the ball, he didn't look confident on it, and he lost it way too easily on that away day to Honduras. Um and I highlighted that last week. I said it was a poor performance, but that's not the case with Musa. Uh, he gets on the ball and he wants to dribble at somebody. And I think, I think that's what the USMNT needs. I said that those eights, um, they don't help in the buildup enough. They don't help us get the ball to the forwards enough um, in this past window. And I think Musa really, he's exactly what the team needs. Um, this past week against Real Madrid, once again, he was on the right plenty more than he was central, but. Um, he he went on one of those runs I talked about. He beat Vinicius out wide, and then he, he got to the byline, and he cut it back. And the shot ultimately, ultimately went over, but that's a chance creation from a, a essentially a midfielder that we would not have seen in the camp um, this past month. So I think he'll be a huge player to get back. Um, obviously, Wea was a big miss for us. Richards was finding a team. Um, but I think Musa was definitely the player we missed most in September. Um, and another player who I think is going to help us, uh, if, you know, we saw Adams go 270 minutes this past window, but if not, Busio put in another impressive performance for Venezia in his first game for Venezia. Um, he pretty much did what we've expected Busio to do. He made mistakes. He had some highlights. Um, but since then he's, he's cut out those mistakes more than he's made them. He had an assist, his first assist in Syria. I said last week he was influential in the goal that Venezia scored. So he's having an influence in the attack um, for Venezia, and they paid a lot of money for him, so they're expecting, they're obviously expecting a lot from him. Um, but yeah, the assist, it was a free kick um, from quite a way out. Um, he drilled it into the box and it was converted, but I think it's important to note that I don't think anybody in the pool is as deadly on set pieces. Um, Kellen Acosta is probably second and there's other players right Gio Reyna I like him on free kicks right to shoot but I'm talking all areas of the pitch Busio and Acosta for that matter can shoot they can play in a deadly service um, so I think that's an important thing to have in the pool when uh, we know these international games are played slower we know that set pieces are important um, if Brooks is on the field if Richards is on the field if Fox on the field um, even Pepe right we saw the headed goal he scored we know that players like that and plays like that are going to be important um if we want to win those games that are tight games set pieces are going to be very important so to have somebody who is essentially um probably the best player in the pool for set pieces i think uh Busio would be a really nice addition to to the usmt midfield and also uh the reason adams had to go 270 minutes is because the depth behind him is it's just not up to par um, and obviously Busio is quite a drop from that, from a Tyler Adams right now, but, um, he's less of a drop than Yule, who we had to call in Jackson Yule. So 
I think he'll be a nice addition um, if he can get in in October. And if he doesn't, I'm sure he'll get in at some point throughout these qualifiers. But it's nice to see that he is constantly progressing over there in Italy um, and that he's starting to cut these mistakes out of his game that have almost become a staple um, since he made his debut in MLS. Now moving further down the pitch and once again talking about a player who was not in the September camp, um, Joe Scali had another strong performance for, for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, he completed 44 of his 52 passes, uh, and that included a key pass. He completed four of his six long balls. He won more than half of his duels and succeeded in all four of his dribble attempts. Um, and, and once again, he really was one of the better players for, for Gladbach, who are not a bad team in the Bundesliga. So, um, obviously I'm sure Greg has his eyes on him. And I talked about that right back depth on the, that episode two. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out. But I think Scali's really making himself a hard player to not call in into this next camp. Um, he can play on the right. He can play on the left. Um, he's good going forward. He's a good defender. I think he gets beat um, sometimes a little too easy, but his recovery is so impressive. Uh, and he actually showed that this week. He, he made a last-man tackle, which might have ultimately been called back for offside, but there was no way of knowing at the time. And, um, yeah, he made a nice recovery to stop what was, what was a big chance. Um, like I said, I think with his versatility and just the level he's playing at, even if he was only on the right side, I think he's making himself hard not to call in uh, this upcoming window in October. And then talking about players who weren't there in September who I'd expect to see in October, um, like I said, Sky's making himself almost a must-call, but in a, as an uncapped player, you never really know what Greg's going to do. Uh, on the other hand, Chris Richards has been, I mean, since joining Hoffenheim, he's only made a couple of appearance, uh, appearances, obviously, but once again, he was one of their best players. Um, I think it's important to note he played on the right of a three at the back, whereas last season he was often playing on the left. At Bayern, we've seen him play at right back. Um, so he's versatile. And I, like I say, I think that's important um, in these windows where um, a lot of plans are going to go out the door and, and you're going to have to adjust with the players you have. Um, and fortunately for, for USA right now, we have a growing player pool of really solid players, and, and Richards is one of those. Um, I think he has to be in the October camp. Uh, I think some of the center backs called in this past window were not as good as him. Obviously, I understand why he was not called in. He was looking for a move away from Bayern, whether that be permanent or loan. Luckily, it was a loan, uh, which I think was the right decision because, like I say, with the level he's playing at, I don't think in a couple of years time that it would be super unlikely to see him at Bayern. I, I think he really is that good. I think um, he showed that he, he had six months or, or about five months at Hoffenheim this past season. Um, and obviously now he's rejoined them on loan. Um, I think a full season at Hoffenheim is going to do him really well. Either he, he's going to prove to Bayern that um, he's as good as they thought he was when they purchased him, or he's going to get a move to Hoffenheim or somewhere else. But, uh, the way he's playing, as long as he stays healthy, I, I can't see it being a bad season for Chris Richards. He looks so strong on the ball. Uh, he won all three of his tackles this week. He won nine of his 13 duels. Um, his passing was good, as we've come to expect. Um, and I just like everything about his game. I do think his ceiling, as far as the current center backs we have, um, or at least with the young center backs, is the highest. Um, so I'd like to see him in that October camp. I think he's ready to have an impact on competitive games uh he hasn't done so so far um 
but yeah, I love his game. I think he's a must call in for October, like a lot of the players I've been mentioning, um, whether that be Skelly, Busio, um, maybe even Matthew Hoppy, depending on how Greg Berhalter structures his his camp this time around. But um, yeah, I think Chris Richards of everybody I listed is the the most must call player for Greg this week, or excuse me, this upcoming window. Um, and I'm excited that he went back to Hoffenheim and is proving every to everybody how good of a player he is. So those are the 10 players I wanted to highlight this week. Uh, like I said, a lot of them weren't in the past camp, um, and I think they could have an impact in World Cup qualifying. Hopefully we see that. Um, one more thing to note, uh, I think potentially next week or at some point in the coming weeks, I'd like to start answering listeners' questions. Um, so if you have anything you'd like to say, um, just shoot me a tweet or DM me. It's at jstuccio if you look at the the picture for the podcast, the cover art, it says Jay Stuccio. That's how you spell it, S-T-U-C-C-H-I-O. Uh, shoot me a DM, tweet at me. I'd like to answer some questions from, from listeners. I know some of you have some. So, uh, yeah, head over to my Twitter and do that. Thank you for listening once again. See you next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube